Hey guys, on this episode of EdTech, we're going to be talking with Scott Tyner and discuss and talking about microphones and the proper usage and how we actually get our faculty to use this. All this and more on EdTech. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, Episode 70, What is Being Said. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Biamp. This is EdTech, the Higher Ed Monthly Podcast. I'm your host, Bill O'Donnell, and this month I'm joined by Rob Raspberry. How are you, sir? Greetings. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, sir. Uh, I'm also greeted by Scott Tyner. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Bill. And as always, the one, the illustrious, the only... Ernie Bailey, how are you, sir? I'm doing just fine. Ah, good. So, uh, first off, we're going to kind of uh, rehash a little thing here. Um, as always, it's the beginning of the new year. Uh, the kiddos are coming back from, uh, from <clears throat> winter break or, you know, between semesters here. Um, I, I will say this up front, the first couple of days, I really can't get mad about things and there's almost seems to be like this kind of lull about things. It's, you know, it, if, as I say, if you're dealing with tech and you're dealing with uh, uh, faculty and everything, usually the first week or two, it's here's the syllabus, here's the course descriptions, my attendance is this, here's the blackboard, here's, you know, here's my blackboard link or, or Canvas or, Noodle, or uh, uh, Moodle or whatever. And then it turns into, you know, oh, I'm actually going to use the room. Um, and then there's folks who just, you know, automatically hit the gas pedal. So uh, I'm just going to kind of go around the room and see how everyone's, uh, you know, what projects they, they've uh, dealt with. And on top of that, you know, what's uh, usually the warm-up routine or what's the, okay, now it's the beginning of the semester. This has happened. So, Mr. Raspberry? Um, so our, you know, we're in quarters, so things have started a little later. So we're basically into our second week. Mm. So, you know, the normal um, – you know, classroom general maintenance stuff beforehand. Nothing unusual. Our big thing right now is actually the platform we're using right now, which is Zoom. Mm -hmm. We have a site-wide license and we're uh, working on some bumps and migrating accounts that already existed elsewhere and mm -hmm. doing all that kind of merger stuff. So as far as on the classroom and things are sort of much, pretty much status quo, you know, mm -hmm. just maintain at this point. And uh, that's pretty Until much Until the it. folks go, oh, I want to have a Zoom session in the classroom. And then you go, uh, do you have all your stuff updated? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or the people that want to use zoom within zoom within the classroom to, you know, and that isn't, causes, that, isn't that like how you actually cause like the universe to implode on itself? No. Yeah. yeah that, that infinite loop. <laughs> yeah. That's how you have a Napster inside of a Napster. No, oh, that's a way throwback for our folks there, but still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mr. Tyner. Yeah, we are uh, in our second week of classes as well, and I think you hit the nail on the head there, Bill. We that first week or those first three or four days, where we always sit back and say, "It's been quiet. We nailed it. We nailed it. We got everything just right." And then the fifth day, the sixth day, and this week, people actually start using stuff. Uh, we haven't had too too rough of a of a start back up. Um, just different people in different rooms using different pieces of the equipment. Um, so we're we're actually starting to quiet down again now um we have one of our our techs is actually going to be out on uh, paternity leave uh <laughs> soon so we're actually kind of just getting into like like robert said a, a mode of 
let's just keep um, the, the boat going. Let's just keep uh, classes running and um, have a have a smooth winter and spring. Now, as I say, now before I get to Aaron, there is just one little question I have with you guys, and that is, um, is it more of the who moved my cheese kind of bit, or is it more along the lines of, oh, it's a new room, or, oh, I've never been in this room, uh, what's going on? That's, that's always the fun bit. I, I think what we tend to see is somebody last year taught in a room and never brought in a laptop. And so <laughs> something was wrong all semester with it. They just used the dedicated computer. We didn't know. Now this person that comes in is going to use a laptop every time. So now we're discovering that there was something wrong with that. Uh, the other thing uh, that we de- we've been dealing a lot with is uh, power outages around, around campus. And so the, uh, the guys have spent a lot of time putting in uh, UPSs and the like to keep things running. Fair enough. The ever loving uh, uh, power gremlins. Um, Ernie, uh, as I say, your thoughts there, sir? Uh, well, we're wrapping up week two as well. We are a little bit different in that uh, we <clears throat> hit the ground running on day one. Uh, you know, being a health science campus, they, it's really just a continuation of the previous semester. A uh, couple of new professors walking in, but the students are expecting, you know, lectures immediately. Uh, so uh, that's picked up uh, a good bit. We did, over the break, replace our uh, the projectors in our last three lecture halls with lasers. Uh, we brought our brightness up to industry standard now in all of our rooms. Uh, plus, you know, just the Christmas of the laser, the contrast ratio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting some comments from students about, hey, it's much better now. But we've quit getting the complaints about it's too dim or we can't see the corners or anything like that. That's that's all gone. So, uh, they seem to be much happier. We did some, you know, firmware upgrades and some quick patches, and some, okay. some of the older systems so we can get to the stuff. Now, Ray, this is, a, this is always a fun bit. Now, the firmware, was that because you guys were just doing security updates or was that one of those, uh, oh, we added new equipment and, and the only way the equipment's going to work is if you update the firmware? Uh, both of those plus... We knew we had some issues since we had the systems down anyway. And we're okay. having to do the patches for the new equipment. We mm-hmm. upgraded some stuff so our help desk has better access uh, into the uh, audio systems, especially. Uh, we were down to really only our BIAMP certified people could figure out how to get into the uh, into the systems to fix them because we were running such old uh, firmware that the Communication didn't really work. Ah, so yeah, that's that's one of those that's one of those, one of those things. Yeah, that's one of those things when folks. Uh, anytime I suddenly hear like you know, in our case, our programmer Damon goes, "Yeah, I had to update the firmware," and I, I look and I go, "Okay," and then all of a sudden I look at it again and I look and I say, uh, "That's a pro too." What 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 firmware updates? What <laughs> you know? You suddenly like look and go and say, "The only reason firmware gets updated on certain pieces of equipment it's it's because it's like." It's already hit end of life, or it's been, uh, as I like to put it, it's like, oh no, it's now perfect. Um, you know, much how like at one point they, they, I think they released a version of uh, Windows XP. They're like, it's totally patched, it's proof, and they gave it to the military. And I'm going, that's that's cool. Um, Windows XP, wow. 
but um, <laughs> it's like I said, it's one of those. It, just rolling back to it, some of the some of the uh, software updates, you just have to kind of do. It's not even one of those you want to do it. It's you know, it's like the the security folks have said, no, we we've actually have found a way into this, uh, especially. Uh, Ernie, you probably dealt with this as much as I did uh, a number of years ago. Remember the uh, the heart bleed issue with the uh, codex? Yes. Yeah, okay. that was non-negotiable. <laughs> right. Well, and what we found is that, you know, sometimes if we're updating anything in the system, you know, or you're changing out one piece of gear, it wants to upgrade or update the firmware and everything, and you don't know what that's going to break or anything. So we're in the process of developing a plan to, keep firmware upgraded to all of our equipment. You know, yeah. that's really a standard IT practice across the campus and yep. we've been kind of behind and we're trying to get it fixed before we get caught. Yeah. The, the only time I ever really worried about firmware updates now, keep in mind, this was many moons ago. Uh, there have been hardware revisions since then, um, yeah. as well as some other things that went on. Uh, however, I do remember uh, many moons ago, uh, some of the Crestron DMPSs, uh, I, I always got a little jittery when we had to do the firmware updates, but also keep in mind, this was when, you know, the, the processors were the QM processors. So it was like, it, it was like trying to put a Yugo engine in a Peterbilt, uh, in a Peterbilt shell. It's like, this was never designed. This was really not supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if you did the firmware update and all of a sudden the, if I remember right, I think it was like the video board would get an IP address. And if it took, if you, if you did this not on your network, like say, you know, you just went to Best Buy and got the uh, Linksys wireless router, like I did sometimes just because I wanted to get the job done. Uh, and it held the old IP address. Yeah. You would end up almost, you would end up pretty much frying the system, trying to get the board to release the IP address. Now, once again, Things have changed since then. They've made some revisions and everything else. But, yeah, I just remember seeing the puff file and going, please, 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 please. <laughs> but, once again, things have changed. Yes. Uh, as I say, believe me, I, I, every now and then I get new ones. But um, there's nothing that's ever really been that deadly. So, <clears throat> anyway, moving on. Uh, one, of our, uh, one of the first articles that we're going to cover uh, comes to us from avnetwork.com, and it's about how Panasonic has de has uh, debuted their mobile their mobile control app. Now, this isn't really anything that uh, that surprising. I mean, once again, yay! It's a, a manufacturer is now making their own uh, mobile their own you know mobile app and everything. Um, it has been around for a while. For you know, if you've ever used uh, Extron or if you've used uh, Crestron, or, you know, gone the route of AMX, or, uh, you know, dare I say it, if you've decided to go the uh, realm of Python and make your own, um, there's a number of schools that have done that. Um, but the way I view it is this. Um, while a mobile control app is good, um, from an education standpoint, uh, and guys, you're free to discuss on this one, um, I look at it as this. The mobile app is good, but it's good for, say, our techs. I'm not, I'm not about to go and say, oh, yeah, guys, here you go. Just download, uh, you know, and, and, as, I say, in, as I say, in Ernie or Scott's case, you know, here, guys, just uh, download the app and, and go on your iPad and you can go to town. I, really, I look at it and I go and say, all right, if any of our techs need to do some sort of uh, emergency routing or, you know, check up on things in the background, they can easily do that 
if they have to be in the room, okay, here's the iPad and, you know, we go and give them a master, like, you know, a master access kind of thing. Um, but, you know, gentlemen, if you have any ideas on this one. Uh, I'll say uh, up front, we do not, you know, give our users uh, wireless access like that. The closest we've gotten is uh, some wireless uh, Crestron touch panels. Mm -hmm. But we found the only it, uh, thing those gain us is they'll get bumped just off the cradle and the battery will die overnight and then it won't work at all. So we, and no one ever used them remotely unless, you know, if I was in a meeting in one of the rooms, I might pick up the touch panel and take it to the table so I didn't stand at the lectern during the talk uh, or during the meeting. But that was about it. We thought that, you know, we might have some, some of our rooms may have a facilitator where they would use it. Well, that facilitator never would take the touch panel, so we quit putting the wireless units in. Uh, yeah. and we definitely don't give wireless uh, apps to our users. <laughs> well, our users may not be, they bounce from room to room mm -hmm. uh, from week to week, so you know they're gonna have to uh, change their IP address or yeah, uh, it, something at it every time, so no. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, um, I view it as this, mobile, mobile apps are good in, especially like in the home area and everything like that, but that's your domain. In this case, we have to kind of make it where it's standardized and you know, by and far we have standardized these things, but it's in the realm of uh, here, you know, a lot of times, you know, when, when the faculty get like keys for the, from the registrar, here's your key for this room. Well, it's the same thing with the mobile app. You give them, you know, it, at its most, it, it would be that. But for us, I look at it and I go, no, because we'd have to go and our user services folks would have to end up like, you know, configuring everything for each room every single time. And it's like, that's, it's a, it's a huge drain of resources. So, but that's my soapbox. Uh, Mr. Tyner, how are, does this say any thoughts? We've actually used the uh, wireless iPad controls with Crestron um, quite a bit, and we use them with our techs to, um, as almost a, as actually a, a tech page or a troubleshooting page, so they can bring up any any classroom and see, you know, where the volume level is, is the projector online, is the control system online. So all of those devices are are showing the highs and lows right on that on that touch panel. Uh, or, I do have a quick iPad. counter to that. Uh, and that is specifically, do you guys actually have it where the, where the program actually gives you uh, real-time feedback? Yes. Ah, okay. See, that's, that's always one of those fun little tricks. You always have to check with the programmer and everything. Oh, yeah. Is it going to the, the feed? Is it actually giving you feedback? Well, you know, I just ramp it up to this, and I just assume it's, and I'm like, no, we, we actually, thankfully, our programmer is very thorough about things. And even on the, uh, even on the, the X panels and everything, the feedbacks in real time. So, yeah, so. and right. If you, the projector is not going to show high just because somebody hit a button turning it on. The projector is going to show that it's high because we're getting re, we're receiving um, yeah. commands from the projector. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, Scott, let me throw a question at you. Do you uh, provide the iPads or do the techs have their own? Uh, provide the what? The iPads for the tech. Oh. Yeah, the the college provides those for them. Okay. Uh, our people generally use their own iPad or their own uh, smartphones. And I was wondering, you know, how do you go about getting them the app? You know, uh, I'm not going to tell them they've got to buy a hundred dollar app, yeah. uh, you know, out of their pocket. So, yeah, we, we provided them with some iPad minis uh, and, and that's how they look at it. The other time we've actually 
I think once or twice given the IP, the app to a um, a student, and this was a student assistant in a classroom, and the professor was so they weren't actually taking the class; they were in the class as a student assistant, and they were using the app to control the camera uh, for a, a class capture. So that actually worked fairly well. Uh, the 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 article about Panasonic I, I found interesting because I our the people we hire to come in do some of our staged events, run audio and the like, have been, been using iPads to control the sound for a while. And while it gives them that advantage of walking around a space, I'm just always, I'm just a guy like sit, sit down at that mixing board and run the mixing board. I know that's going to work. This iPad, you know, it's, it's never going to fall offline. And I had to laugh a little bit because the, I, the uh, logo for this, it strikes me a little bit because it's got this uh, wireless uh, icon with a red dot at the bottom, which says to me, <laughs> you're not getting a wireless signal. And, and that's like my biggest fear when somebody's using something like this. Oh, woof. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm just, as I say, I'm just looking at the logo now and I'm like, God, he's right. Oh no. Yeah, I hadn't noticed that until he said it. <laughs> when he started down the, you know, the logo, I looked at it and I saw it right there. I knew where you were going, Scott. <laughs> Oofa. At least put a green dot, right? <laughs> green yeah, dot, blue dot, something. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, that's bad times. Um, so, on the reverse of that, good times. Uh, the next one comes to us from uh, Rave Pubs, and that is actually by our own Mr. Tyner, and that is, listen to what is being said, if you can. And, uh, Mr. Tyner, if you want to, as I say, give us the uh, Reader's Digest there. Sure. Uh, this, the idea for this article started with a, a thread that was going around our faculty uh, email list about sta uh, faculty meetings and, and whether people were using microphones or not. And one of the faculty members responded with an article that I mentioned in, in there about um, ableism and saying, if, if you decide not to use a mic, what you're saying is everybody in that room hears just fine and I can talk loud enough and, and there's no hearing issues. And I, uh, I actually sat at a meeting in, in ILS a few days later and realized there were three people out of 60 in that room that had, that had hearing issues and a couple of them have hearing aids. And I've always been somebody who says, I've, I've got a very loud voice. My voice carries. I've been to presentations saying I don't need a microphone. And so this really made me start thinking about it differently and saying, uh, why don't we, or do, do, are there any institutions out there that kind of have said you, you need to use one. It's not a question. You don't stand up in the middle of a meeting and, and just start talking. Go to a microphone. There's three of them around or mm -hmm. pass around a wireless. Uh, so it really, for me, was eye-opening and made me start thinking about it in a, in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the things that we actually have had a similar thing uh, here on campus, and it took a little bit of coaxing, but it actually has kind of worked out. It's it's a little bit of a gimmicky thing, but it's also the gimmick that like folks get a laugh out of kind of deal. And that is um, whenever we would have like uh, Q&A sessions, uh, we would actually have, we actually went and got the, the catch box. Now, if you haven't seen this thing, it's a big, like it's a big cube that you shove a mic pack into and everything. And for the most part, I think it's got like an accelerometer uh, uh, in the thing because the moment you throw it is also the same time where it actually mutes the microphone. So you don't hear the whoosh, going through the air. Now, initially Which folks looked at it and they were kind of, yeah, they, they looked at it and they're like, uh, uh, and I'm like, here, we're just going to go play catch for a minute. Here, let's just go and start playing around with it and everything. Because the alternative was we always have to have a runner. And 
it's one of those things where I'm not trying to be a jerk and it's like, you know, here, I'm just going to throw the, throw the mic at you or anything. It's literally like, Oh, you have a question. You know what? Here, I'll just toss it off. And you know, the folks can just speak into it. Now, you know, you're always still going to have the folks who, you know, don't understand the mic distance uh, rule and everything. And, you know, you got the folks who are always, you know, we, for us, we have like the catch box and folks go, Oh, I, this and this and this. I'm like, you can, you can hold it away. It's not that, you know, it's not that bad. Um, but you're right though, in the terms of as much as folks go, we're going to, you know, Oh, folks can hear me just fine. Yeah. yeah. We, it's also the same reason why uh, in our case, if there's a space that has more than, uh, 50 seats. Uh, we also, you know, it's part of ADA compliance, but we also make sure that there's uh, listening assisted devices and everything. Um, but the other thing that we've also noticed and guys just, you know, tell me if I'm, if I'm right or if I'm, you know, crazy on this one, um, trying to get lecturers or faculty members when they're at an auditorium to get them to actually stay in place in front of the, in front of the lectern it's 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 like trying to shove a cat into a bathtub kind of thing um and so one of the things that i've seen a development of and i'd really like to see further development is um some of the uh um uh, some of like the beam array mics and everything reason being yeah. is that you'll get folks who will kind of like you know you know as well as i do folks will like be looking and saying ah yes and this and this and if you look over the slide here and and then they turn back and you're just like ah yeah. so you know, as I say, guys, if you, I mean, if you've seen like, say like the shore um, ceiling, uh, ceiling array mics or anything, or. We've put those in some smaller rooms. We haven't put them in any lecture halls yet. Uh, what we have found for a lectern microphone, uh, mm -hmm. Earthworks makes a real nice microphone mm -hmm. that works off axis. So if the instructor turns to look at the slide, there's very little drop in their audio level. And. Ooh. Yes, it's an $800 microphone, but we found it to be worth it uh, in our big lecture halls. Uh, you know, it's, it's a one-time expense. So uh, what was the manufacturer there? Uh, Earthworks. Earthworks, okay. Uh, uh, I was going to say, yeah, I was gonna say, in case anyone wants to take a look got, at this, you're yeah, truly writing this down. always got some of them. They've got some real nice mics. They've got a good booth at Infocom every year. Uh, now, I want to throw out a opposite problem than what Scott was mentioning. I had an instructor. She's still here, uh, but she thought that if she had a microphone, she could whisper. <laughs> and her students complained because they couldn't hear her, and she complained because the microphones didn't work. So after, you know, a semester of us not being able to find a problem, I actually ended up sitting in the back of her room. This has been about four or five years. I sat in the back of one of her lectures, and I went up to her and uh, said, Dr. Nowak, I can't amplify nothing. She tried to correct my grammar. And I said, there's nothing wrong with my grammar. You're not speaking into the microphone. That's why they're not hearing you. <laughs> and we went through and she practiced. And now she's, you know, they're able to hear her much better because she actually, I said, talk to the person on the third row, you know, when you're wearing the microphone. Mm -hmm. uh, if you talk to the person on the third row, everybody's going to hear you. And mm -hmm. You know, uh, that works, but that's the first time I'd ever had to explain to someone that the microphone has to have something to amplify. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, Ernie, actually, because I think, so, I, I think yeah. you've hit on one thing. Go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, basically, um, you sort of run into that. And, you know, the, the, the interesting comparison is like when you have a room that's filled for that's outfitted for distance uh, and lecture capture recording, you automatically have to put a microphone in there. That is an absolute necessity. Now, how it, you know, works into the room itself, like here, I mean, it's the same thing. Auditoriums have microphones. If it's a large, large classroom, there'll be a microphone. But typically in the smaller classrooms, that's that's not there. Right. And um, so, so Ernie, I think if you run into this again, maybe just do a recording of the person and show them the video. And yeah. then they'll be like, oh, I can't hear myself. Yeah. But, um, but, but even then, some of the instructors, you put a microphone on them and their voices are so, you know, hello, yeah. what? You know, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. But um, yeah. I so Scott, we don't really have uh, a a hard standard for when to outfit. You know, a, a classroom. You know, a particular. You know, as far as you know, whether it's twenty or thirty seats. But it's just sort of understood when something is above maybe fifty or something like that. You need to put something in there. And and in general, when we're looking to upgrade or outfit a new room, we just you know, put a lavalier or a handheld on there. We do have some of our uh, upper end um, collaboration rooms that have the ceiling array mic. And I haven't seen, I have personally not seen them used in the auditorium. I imagine they might work great, but, um, but that, that's an excellent article. Because I've had lawyers that sit there, I, I'm not holding that thing. No, I, I, don't, you don't, I don't need to. I've got a voice that projects 100 miles and you're like, no, you don't. Hear that? Yeah. I don't want this on record. <laughs> I think one of the things that we that we see, and I think Ernie hit it, and maybe Robert, you did a little bit as well, is it's actually it's difficult to do this well. It's difficult to put good sound systems in classrooms and auditoriums and conference rooms that work well, and then it's difficult to talk to a faculty member or any presenter, maybe even a president or vice president, and convince them and teach them how to use it and how to speak. It takes time and it takes effort. And I think that's probably why lots of us haven't really done it very well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where if you look at it from the perspective, it's, it's the great irony in that we're teaching the faculty to use the technology, but it's also, it's the, here, this is designed to help you. And then some folks also, you know, as well as I do, some of the faculty become very self-conscious about things and all of a sudden they hear their own voice coming back and it's like, Oh, it's like, okay, but this is just for everyone's benefit. We swear there's nothing bad going on about this. It's, it's, it's kind of getting them used to the bathtub is the best way I'm going is, is to, it's, it's easing them into the bathtub is the best way I'm going to describe it. Right. Uh, I have a monthly meeting with the associate deans of all of our colleges uh, and several other faculty leaders, and I'm going to share Scott's article with them uh, in February. Uh, Scott, I think that's that's one of the best articles I've seen on using microphones. Uh, so, thank you. Well, there you go. Uh, <clears throat> well, guys, that wraps it up for us uh, for this month. Um, once again, uh, gentlemen, where, where can the fine folks find you at? Mr. Raspberry? Uh, Rob Raspberry on LinkedIn. Uh, go to drexel.edu and look me up in the IT department, and you'll find me there anyway. Um, Fair enough. Uh, Mr. Bailey. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn, just as Ernie Bailey. Yep. And Mr. Tyner. I'm fairly active on, on Twitter at, at S Tyner. Uh, and then uh, go ahead and connect with me on LinkedIn.
Mm-hmm. So what do you think about the Chiefs, huh? I think that they're going to be playing golf after this weekend. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, uh, Mr. Tyner is a well-avowed uh, New England fan, round and round. Uh, I'm a glutton for punishment in the fact that I'm a Mets fan and a Giants fan, so take from that what you will. Uh, to round it out, I'm also a Knicks fan, so once again, glutton for punishment. Moving and I would, just, I would just point out, this probably won't be the first year we've won a Super Bowl and a World Series in the same year. Ah! Ah, oh, you know what? Just for that, I hope Drew Brees just just drills it right through you guys. Uffa, <laughs> uffa. Oh, I, I think I think that freshman's a little a little tired at this point. He's unpredictable, which for you, which for for uh, Darth Belichick can't uh, he can't predict that. That's all I'm gonna say. Anyway, up next on sports on uh, Mike and the Mad Dog here, we'll uh, we'll get back to this in a bit. Anyway. That's all the time we have. This has been EdTech, a monthly higher ed tech podcast. EdTech is a part of AV Nation. Once again, this is EdTech.